I'm going to start off today by telling you about a time that I was scared of the dark. Okay, so to set the scene, I'm in Jordan in the Middle East and we're camping. Okay, when I say camping, it wasn't really camping because there wasn't a tent. It was just us on these mattresses under the stars. And of course, the whole thing was like totally magical um, until I wake up at, um, I don't know what time in the middle of the night. And I have got a really dodgy tummy. Okay, I really don't feel very well and I need to find the toilet fast. Now, the problem is it's in the sort of 50 meter vicinity of where I'm sleeping. I'm totally disorientated. I've got no idea where it is. And to make matters worse, it is absolutely pitch dark. Okay, it's so dark I can't see my hand in front of my face. Total nightmare. I was petrified. And in the distance, I can hear, how, how? Honestly, desert wolves. I mean, it might have been camels, I don't know. But, you know, in the middle of the night, I was terrified and I felt like crying. But to be honest, I needed the toilet more. And so I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And I'm fumbling around and suddenly I find a phone which looked very similar to this. Can you see it? I mean, I don't even know what this is, some Nokia thing. But it doesn't even have a torch on it. As I push in my pin code, blah, the phone screen lights up and there is light glorious light. Honestly, the phone was like my savior that night. I had it like this and I used it to like fumble my way around to find myself to the toilet and the rest of the story works out perfectly. You don't need to know the rest. Hopefully um, that's not an overshare, um, but it is a funny story. And it's a story that I come back to so many times because it reminds me just how much the presence of light changes the situation. Darkness literally disappears when light shines. And as we approach Christmas this year, just, you know, it's 12 sleeps to go, crazy. Um, I'm reminded about this because Christmas is about Jesus stepping into the darkness as the light of the world and changing history forever. So today I've got a little Christmas gift for you. Gift, gift, not a gift, that comes straight from John 8 verse 12. And it says this, Jesus said this, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life. And um, I think this is pretty good news for us today. You know, I, I don't know how you're feeling. I don't know how you found this year, but, you know, 2020 has felt at times a little bit dark, hasn't it? And right now, some of you, some of you today, you're hurting. You know, life feels dark as you look around. You're hurting, your loved ones are hurting. It's painful and it's dark. And maybe for others, as you look wider, perhaps you're checking out the news, you're seeing what's going on. And as we see the injustice and inequalities in our society, we just look around and think, it's so dark. But these seven words from Jesus, I am the light of the world, they have the ability to pierce the darkest of situations. Because, you know, when Jesus first said them, he didn't just sort of rock up one day and say, hey, I'm here, I'm the light of the world, you know, because it sounded good or because he thought it looked good on his Instagram story. He said it because it was the fulfillment of God's purposes. God's purpose to, to bring light and to light up this broken and hurting world. And so we're going to go, hopefully, on a whistle-stop tour, on a journey together today through this book of the Bible, because you might not know this, that, the, that, that light was the first thing that God said was good right at the beginning, right at the beginning of the Bible. And, and all the way through it, we see this theme, light. You see, God, you know, he, he creates his people, his people, the nation of Israel. He made them good. He made them to, to, to walk in the light and to be the light. But if you know the story, it's a right old roller coaster. There's moments where they get it right, but there's loads of moments where they choose the darkness, where they're trapped in their own sin and their shame. And they're just sort of wandering around in the darkness. But God uses people. 
He uses people like the prophet Isaiah to continually keep, keep calling the people, the nation of Israel, back to him, back to their mission to be the light. And he says this, Isaiah chapter 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And so throughout the Old Testament, there's, there's this hope. There's a hope building that one day Israel will fulfill that mission. Uh, but what Isaiah does is he's constantly, he's like, he's pointing towards the future. He's pointing towards one who's going to come and do perfectly what Israel could never do because they were imperfect. And he uses this, like, if you dig into it, he uses this recurring sort of image of a servant, a servant figure who's going to come from the people of Israel, but is also going to fulfill the mission. And he says this in Isaiah 49, I will also make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. You see, God's heart, it was always for everybody. It was always for the whole world. And so if we fast forward centuries, we get to this first, this new chunk of the Bible, the, the New Testament, and we see Jesus comes. And Jesus' followers, they're like, oh, right. Jesus is that servant figure that Isaiah was banging on about years ago. They get it. They understand that Jesus is the prophesied, the promised, the light of the world. He has come and it's absolutely amazing. So when you get all of that, when we understand all of that, when we read the Christmas verses that we so often read in the Gospels, that's the only way they make sense because otherwise you're like, what is that going on about? Luke 2 verse 32 says this, Jesus is called, he's called a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. That's a direct reference to Isaiah chapter 49. And if we jump to Matthew's gospel, we hear this. The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You know, that first Christmas, Jesus came. And just to blow your minds a little bit more, uh, if you're not already having your minds blown this morning, that passage in Matthew that we just read is pulled straight from Isaiah chapter 9, where we read these wonderful Christmas verses. And I've lost my piece of paper. Here we go. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. Just in case there's any confusion, those verses, they speak of our wonderful Jesus. Jesus is the light of the world. And just like that phone in the desert that night in Jordan, the presence of his light changes everything. Changes everything. And that's what happens. You know, that's what happens when we come to know Jesus. Everything changes because we step, the Bible says we step out of darkness and we step into glorious light. Check out my mega lamp. I have to be careful not to look at it, otherwise I'm going to get stars in my eyes. But we, we receive the light. We receive Jesus as the light of this world. And he's saying, whoever follows me, you don't have to wander around in darkness, but you have the light of life. It's amazing. And this is the greatest news that we could ever hear because it means no matter how dark things get, no matter how dark this year has been or maybe next year might be, 
the darkness, it can't consume you because when you know Jesus, you've got Jesus, you've got him, the light of the world. And the darkness, the light, sorry, is way more powerful than the darkness. It's way more powerful. Check out this light. I mean, it's way more powerful than the dark. And um, I've known this to be true over the last couple of months. And I know, as I said earlier, some of you, you're struggling right now. This year has been horrible and you're in a lot more pain. It's been much harder than it has for me. But there's been moments for me as well that I've found really hard, especially during these last few weeks in this last little lockdown, as I've been living on my own for the first time. And I don't know if you've ever had a moment. It's like a, um, a straw that broke the camel's back kind of situation. This happened to me a couple of weeks ago, 11 o'clock at night. I'll save you the details, but I managed to pull the curtains off the wall. The curtains are hanging off the wall, plaster's fallen out, there's a big old hole, and I'm just like, great, brilliant. And I sat on my um, futon, I had my head in my hands, and I was just like, all the frustrations of the last sort of weeks and months, just, they just came in that moment. I was like, I'm so frustrated with these restrictions, with the way things are at the moment. I feel isolated in that moment, I feel alone. And now I've flipping got to sort the wall out as well. I was so annoyed. And um, I sat there and clearly, I mean, I know it's a trivial example. If you knew my history of using a drill, you'd understand it wasn't. But um, I sat there and I was just like, God, I need you. I need you right now. In this moment where it feels dark, where it's late at night, it literally is dark, will you help me? And I had this fear where I was just like, I'm going to come down in the night and someone's face is going to be up against the window because there's no curtains. And I just centered myself. Because I remembered that Jesus, in those words, he is the wonderful counsellor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. And so it wasn't a dramatic moment, but I just welcomed his presence. I just said, God, would you come right now? I need you. I need you to, to be with me. I know that you are. Show yourself. And I worshipped him. And what I did is, I, it was just a moment of choice, I guess, because it is a choice. And I lifted my eyes off of me onto him. And in that moment, my perspective changed. My perspective changed. And I want to encourage you today. You know, many of you going through many challenging things, that Jesus, he is all of those things for you. And he's with you and he's for you. And so I want to just encourage you today, wherever you're at, just to lift your eyes, to lift your eyes to him, because he can pierce and bring hope and life into the darkest of situations. Because that first Christmas, Jesus came, the light of the world, into the darkness for you. So he comes into your anxiety, into your brokenness, maybe facing Christmas without a loved one, the stresses, the strains, whatever it is. He brings his light and he can bring his peace. However a horrible and dark life seems. And I want to shift gear here uh, today, this morning, because it gets kind of crazy because Jesus says, you know, he says, when we follow him, we receive the light. We receive the light. He's the light of the world. We receive the light. But he takes things up another gear because he says, now you're my followers. You become the light of the world. I want to pick it up in Matthew chapter 5. Okay, here we go. It says this, Matthew chapter 5. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill can't be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And I don't know how you feel, but 
every time I read those words, I'm like, it messes with my head because Jesus is saying, he's saying, I'm, I'm the light of the world. And now he's saying, once you receive me, you become, you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you become the light of the world. So he's saying, Susie, you are the light of the world, so which means I've got the light. So if I sort of wander this way, then the light goes with me. If I wander over here, the light goes with me. I'm the light of the world. It's amazing. It's like Jesus's mission, the, the, the calling to the Israelites, to the nation of Israel was passed on to us. We are called to be light bearers to the nations. And as that Bible passage says, it says, you've got options. Now you've got the light, you've got options. What are you going to do? We can shine our lights or we can hide our lights. So it might play out like this. I don't know, you're on your sort of five millionth Zoom call and your colleague says, uh, I'm not feeling very well. You can be like, oh, sorry to hear that. Perhaps you should go back to bed. Maybe I could uh, take your meeting for you. Or you can say, I know Jesus. I could pray for you. Okay, a family argument is happening at Christmas. Clearly, they never happen in our household. Of course, they do. You know, you're in a situation where there's just so much tension. You can join in and say, they are so annoying. You can get involved. They're never going to change. Or you can say, I'm going to treat them like Jesus would. Why don't we pray? Why don't I pray if they don't know Jesus, that Jesus could come and change a situation? Next week, it's the Trent Carroll service, where you know people can come and hear about Jesus, you're like, well, now nah, I don't want an awkward conversation. I don't want an awkward conversation, so we'll probably just come and enjoy it ourselves. Or you can invite your world and say, do you want to come? Because these things, they're not just about nice gestures. It's not just about offering to pray because it's nice. Because in being the light of the world, we have light and hope and freedom that can change any situation that we can bring to our friends and family. It's absolutely Amazing. I'm going to turn this off because I'm kind of getting blinded. And so we're called, as followers of Jesus, we are called to shine. Not so that we can get some big ego and think we're so amazing, but so through us, other people see him. And C.F. Lewis puts it way better than I could. He says, don't shine so others can see you. Shine so that through you, others see him. Love it. You know, the last 10 months, we've seen so many people in this church shining for Jesus. So many stories. We've heard some this morning. And uh, just this week, right, I get an email into my inbox, and it's from a couple in our church who they had it on their hearts to bless people with cooked food uh, in Nottingham. And so they find a local delivery company who will do that, and they go onto Facebook, onto like one of those mutual aid groups, and they say, anyone that needs a cooked meal, then... Um, get in touch because we'd love to get one sent to you. They end up paying for 45 meals to get sent. Personally, absolutely incredible. The company, right, they then find out what they're doing and they say the first 600 meals, uh, we've got some money, we've been match funded and for the first 600 meals, we are going to provide them absolutely free to anyone who gets in contact with you. So it's incredible that these people, all these meals are going out because of the spark of generosity of people shining their light. And one of those couples was a couple um, with a gentleman who has long-term health issues and his partner is his carer. And right, they had no food. And so they get in touch with the, with the couple from church and they say, we've got no food for the rest of the week until we get paid. And so this couple from church, they're like, well, they can't wait. We, you know, we're going to go around tonight. So they, they go to the shops, they get an emergency pack. They even get... Um, which I just think is a beautiful gesture. They get the, the ingredients for their favourite food. They take it round. The couple are just totally overwhelmed with it. And they end up via a um, Facebook video call 
um, in a conversation with them. They pray with them. And as they're praying, the, the, the guys are just totally overwhelmed at the, at the moment. And in that moment, experiencing something of the light, something of the light that Jesus brings in the darkness. Those guys have been in touch every single day since. And they're praying that they get the opportunity to, to, to meet them to Jesus. So let's, let's pray that we get to do that. Because the thing is, one of these lights is bright. Yeah, I mean, this is a mega light. I found it somewhere. It's a mega light. But imagine thousands of these lights lit up in our city. Guys, the darkness would start to tremble. It really would because people start to notice when the light shines. So we've got to take the big opportunities, but we've got to take the little opportunities as well. And uh, because right now, I mean, sometimes it is the little opportunities. We've got less freedom than we've ever had before. Um, just a, month, a few months back at the start of this, I was on the phone to Virgin Media that's another story. Uh, but as I was chatting with the lady, she was shielding. She was working from home and um, clearly really struggling. And I thought to myself, I should tell her about Jesus. And then I thought, that would be awkward. Uh, but then I thought, well, the worst case scenario, I'm just going to hang up. Um, so that's fine. Uh, so I just said to her, I said, look, this is going to sound a little bit odd. I've loved chatting with you today. Um, I don't know how you're making sense of all of this. Life feels crazy. It's upside down right now. But the way I'm getting through is that I believe that there's a God who is in control, who knows me, who loves me, and he knows you and loves you, and he wants to know you. And there's just a few sort of seconds of silence which felt like a lifetime as she started crying on the other end of the phone. And uh, she described me in, as an angel, which has never happened before. And uh, she, was, she was just like, I'd love you to pray for me. I'd love you to do that. Light, guys, a little bit of light. It was a tiny risk, a really tiny risk, but as she experienced something of Jesus in that moment. So we're going to come into land right now, but I want to encourage us, challenge us with everything I've got this morning because we know the light of the world. If you know Jesus, you have the light of the world with you, no matter how dark life gets, and you are the light of the world. You have hope and life and freedom literally in your hands. And you may be the only person in somebody's world who knows Jesus. This Christmas, in a year where it has been for so many people horrendous, we have the opportunity to shine, to shine for Jesus and to see the darkness tremble. You know, that night in the desert, I was petrified in the dark. I really was, but the presence of light changed everything. You have the potential to be the light in the darkness to be the light in somebody's desert. 